Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. White privilege is just an acknowledgement that our world is uneven. We live in a country that's unequal. All human beings share solidarity. All of us are made in God's image equally and therefore worthy of dignity. We're all ruined and rebellious against God and therefore calls us solidarity in sin. And we all need the same Savior. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's do this. It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery bag Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. It is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. Tonight's the night. I have the privilege of speaking at Community Bible Church for a Valentine banquet that forces you to bring an unsaved friend. That's an evangelistic church. I get the privilege of preaching twice on Sunday morning. So if you're anywhere near Beaufort, check out communitybiblechurch.us. And let's go to the mailbag with questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, idea at wretched.org. Well, our first question comes in via text from Noah. Todd, when will Alpharetta Bible Church have its pipe organ installed? Uh (laughs) I can feel the drips of sarcasm. (laughs) even from a text. As soon as we possibly can, pal, the organ is God's ordained instrument of choice for the church. It is in the Bible. I know it's in the context of the branch snapping, Judas falling, and his organs gushing out, but that's close enough of an interpretation for 21st century evangelicals. We'll get a pipe organ as soon as we can because they're glorious and Oh, I was listening to a congregation that had a pipe organ singing Abide With Me. And this this was clearly a singing congregation. Abide With Me, Fast Falls the Eventide. So the pipe organ, the first verse, you everybody is singing the, the, the melody, the soprano line. Second verse, boom, four, four parts, crystal clear. Why? Because the organ actually helps everybody sing their parts better. Then they dropped the organ out and you could hear it a cappella. Oh, I'm sorry. You just can't do that with drums and smoke machines. Please send whatever you want to idea at wretched.org. All right. This is another question about uh, worship that comes in via text from Kyle. Todd, is it biblical to sing a worship song written by a woman in a worship service? Sort of like Miriam. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That answers the question. Uh, To answer that question yourself, you'd have to take a look at 1 Timothy 2.12 that Paul made it very clear, I do not let a woman permit a woman to teach and or have authority over men. So the question is, is somebody writing a hymn somehow crossing the line into that realm? I don't think so personally. I I think a woman writing down something that helps us worship in poetic form, um, praise God for that contribution. I don't see that crossing the line. But of course, if you disagree, 
But you can't because I'm a talk show host. Nevertheless, you can give it a go. 877-282-2337. All right. This is from Shane. Todd, I've been asked to say a few words and read uh, scripture at a funeral. Uh, The deceased was a non-believer, and I'm struggling with what to say. Don't blame you. That would would be hard. There might be a way to do it. You know what I would encourage you to do? This is, see, this is why we need the local church, and this is why gray-haired people shouldn't all be collecting in Florida. We need you. You should find a senior saint, a pastor, who's been confronted with this, and ask him, how did you handle it? That would be really wise, and that pastor would appreciate it a ton. I might suggest, if you're asked to read the Bible for somebody who wasn't a believer, I, 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 I might feel that on my conscience. I don't want to give the impression that the person in the casket actually believed these things. So you, you, you might have a conscience issue that would keep you from participating in this. And you might have to say, oh, much as I'd love to participate, I'm so grateful for the honor I can't. Could you perhaps stay on the right line of not somehow giving the impression that the person who's being buried actually believed these things? You could say something. Oh, how I wish Larry would have believed I am the resurrection and the life. You could do it that way. Or you could just read it without making any commentary, might be a bit of a conscience issue for you, but I would really encourage you, find a senior saint who has been through this before. I'll bet you that you will get boatloads of helpful information. I would give it myself, but as you noticed, no gray hair. Okay, there's some gray hair. 877-282-2337. All right, our next... No Phil Johnson, though. I just saw a picture of Phil Johnson. I think he was speaking down at Founders. Uh-huh. He had himself a tight haircut. Oh, he did. He, oh, and I actually, I, I told him that. And he said he was in Florida. He had no choice. <laughs> I think Darlene was like, you got to get a haircut, Phil. And he went to some styling barber and he looked tight, but he still doesn't have gray hair. And he's 70. And I think he needs to repent of that, to be quite honest. <laughs> All right, this one is from Nate. Uh, When visiting temples and shrines in East Asia, which is where he's going soon, he's wondering where should a Christian draw the line in participating in rituals like bowing or purifying hands to avoid idol worship, but also not to be rude? Yeah, if it meant bowing or washing, I I wouldn't participate. I'd look at the outside and say, bummer, came a long way, but can't go to the inside of that. Now, if you go to some shrine or temple, and there's a bunch of people just like you walking around in their Bermuda shorts and you got your cell phones going and it's clear it's just a tourist center. I don't think that's an issue, but anything that would be a participation, uh, I, 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 I would just have to say, I'll get the postcard and imagine what it's like in there. 877-282-2337. All right, this next question comes from... Do you agree with that? uh, Yeah, I believe so. As long as it's not, uh, uh, like you said, participating in a a religious activity, if you're just going in to look... There's some of them where I know you... It's sort of like being in Italy and visiting the Duomos. They are these magnificent Roman Catholic churches. And I don't think that during tourist hours... It is so obvious the tourists that are just shuffling around. Now, if they were doing a mass, eh, maybe, but I'm not going to sit down and watch it. 
But as long as people identify you as a tourist and they don't require you to do anything that is a part of uh, the purification to get into the place, ah, if they don't have that stuff, I think you're okay. 877-282-2337. All right, this next question comes from Brayden. Todd, I'm a senior considering whether to pursue a career as a pilot or to follow an interest in biblical studies. How do I discern a calling towards ministry? Five steps. Number one, pray for wisdom. Don't pray for God to tell you what to do. Pray for wisdom. Number two, who? Read your Bible for all of the wisdom you can glean on vocation. Number three, have people who are wise and biblical help you navigate it. Number four, consider your preference. Number five, pull the trigger and that's God's will for your life. You say, okay, so let's say that I follow those steps. I decide to pursue being a pilot, which... By the way, hiring pilots based on DEI. Uh, can 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 we talk about this? Let's just say you become you want to go through pilot school and you drop out. You go, oh, I made the wrong decision. No, you didn't. If you were trying to be godly in the process, if you followed those aforementioned wisdom steps, then that is God's will for your life. But you say it's a drag. Yep, and that happens to be God's will for your life because he wants to do something in your life. This is such a helpful principle, I think, of Christianity and not looking back with regrets. As you're making these decisions, I'm doing it for you, Lord. I'm doing this for you. And, 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 And let's just say you've made the decision and it turns out to be a stinker. Lord, if I sinned in any way, I am so sorry for that. I just I just wanted to be pleasing to you. And not only will that help you not have regrets, it'll also help you to make the wisest decision. There's not a right decision between Bible study degrees and becoming a pilot. There's just not a right or wrong there. It's a wisdom issue. It's a preference issue. So follow those steps. Make a decision. And then you can live with the consequences, even if it turned out to be a turkey. Yeah, I think it's important to remember, and I think we forget a lot of times that, uh, you know, like you said, if you're if you're looking to please the Lord and that is, you know, your number one goal, then ministry can be fulfilled in various contexts. Oh, it's all over the I mean, everything is a there is no secular, secular, sacred distinction for the Christian. Right. Being a pilot is your ministry. And this precept of doing everything for the Lord to be pleasing to the Lord, the application is staggeringly broad. Your wife, your husband does something agitating and you're annoyed and now you're going to engage. Ask yourself the question, how can I engage in this dispute and please the Lord? It'll moderate your tone. It'll help you to focus on the right issue. It'll help you to discern the difference between a preference and annoyance and a sin doing everything unto the Lord. Um, Well, it's commanded, and it's really helpful. This is Wretched Radio. 
you are one of the people who supported our joint effort with the Master's Academy International to get Bibles into the hands of people, you're going to hear a thank you letter from May that perhaps will encourage you that what you did was a very good and lasting thing. I'm one of the recipients of the MacArthur Study Bible, so generously given with the help of Gospel Partners. This will help me in my daily study of God's Word and will inform, instruct, inspire me in my walk with the Lord as well as my service to the Lord in my family and my church ministries. How encouraging is that? By the way, if you're not plugged into the Master's Academy International, everything is about long-lasting impact. They train pastors in 18, 19 countries and many seminaries around the globe so that pastors can fill empty pulpits and preach. That makes a generational difference. You can learn more about the Master's Academy at wretched.org slash Bible, or if you prefer, wretched.org slash pastor. Well, in a world that is undeniably cluttered with quick fixes and superficial solutions, now comes a journey into the heart of real change. I'm talking about Transformed Season 3. It's finally here, and we're inviting you into the lives of individuals that are facing the giants of fear and guilt and grief. But hey, there's a twist. These aren't your typical battles. These battles have been fought with the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. You'll witness loneliness and overeating and relational tension met with grace, truth, and love that can only come from the one who knows us the best. This season's not just about watching others. It's about seeing yourself and your struggles and the path to true transformation through biblical counseling. We'll together dive deep into the heart of what it means to be transformed. Transformed Season 3 can be found right now at wretched.org slash transformed3. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat would you please consider supporting preborn it's a great ministry of life it has a high anthropology shares the gospel with women and with the dads preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched important dates in christian history 1456 Johann Gutenberg produces the first printed Bible, and its press becomes a means for dissemination of new ideas and catalyzing changes in politics and theology. Without the printing press, the Reformation may have looked very different. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. No, 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 no. Go ahead, Jimmy. I don't mind you sharing that. This is Wretched Radio. I'm sorry, what were you just saying during the break? I said that what you were just talking about, getting upset with your spouse. Uh, I actually used that quote from you this week. 
uh, from Reset for Parents. You mean the book I wrote available at Wretched.org? That's it. No. That's it. I used it in uh, in Transform because uh, Dr. Gifford's talking about parenting and biblical right. parenting. Yeah. Yeah. On the Transform podcast, you got to get plugged into that. Start at the beginning. You will be blessed. Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford. He's talking about parenting right now. Mm-hmm. I actually use some of that from the book Reset for Parents. Mm-hmm. With the discernment video that we just that we just filmed with Justin Peters, the 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 goal of this particular lesson was to expand our thinking about discernment. Because if I say discernment, you probably go false teachers or false teaching, and that is most certainly a part of discernment. We are to mark those. We're to contend earnestly, but discernment really is pretty much every second of your life. And so I tried to use the issue of potential conflict with your spouse and discerning whether or not there really is a conflict, why you are feeling the way that you are, and how to engage based on what the issue is. And so we did, I think I had 25 preference or sin list listed. So I, I, I would read the, 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 the number. And then the folks who were attending those lectures had to say if it's a preference or sin. So, for instance, uh, how your spouse combs his hair. Jimmy, how how your spouse combs his hair. Mm -hmm. You don't want to answer that, do you? Because kind of kind of goofed up the pronouns there. (laughs) How your wife combs her hair. I was asking in general, then I looked at you. So I'm sorry I confused your gender. That's okay. All right. How your your wife combs her hair. Preference or sin? Uh, uh, Preference. Uh How she cooks dinner. Preference. How she screams at the children and calls them nasty names. Oh, that's sin. Okay. Leaving the, cabinet, leaving the cabinet doors open. Sin. <laughs> At this point, I suspect it might be a sin because she could just be doing it to annoy you. <laughs> I think she is. Yeah, there are some preference things that could be sins. If you know your spouse doesn't like something and you just do it anyway, it might be a sin. It might just be being really, really thoughtless. But you need to discern what the issue is. You, you, otherwise, you're going to get mad. Okay, I think that I've I've genuinely got something called misophonia. It's it's where you hear a sound and it's like ah, it's like nails on a chalkboard sort of, but it's different things. My, I don't know what it is, but the wrapper on a protein bar, it's more like cellophane, and and the opening of that. Or, or just the like the crinkling of that or the taking a bite of that while it's kind of buried in the wrapper. It just, there's something about it that I literally, I'm like, ah, stop, ha ah, ah. So, okay. So now I'm in the house with somebody who does that. My response to them would be like, ah, ah, hey, knock it off. Wait a second. They're just eating a protein bar. I'm the one with the issue. I need to discern these things. So discernment goes way beyond false teaching. And when you discern, okay, they're just doing so. They're just, they're all they're doing is clipping their nails. Why am I getting so agitated? Well, then it's on me. Now, having said that, let's just say you two have misophonia and ice chewing drives you bonkers and your spouse knows it walks up to you with a big QT beverage with that soft ice that is really tempting and just goes <laughs> right in your ear. Yeah, that would be a sin. 
Short of that, it would just be a preference, which means we don't need to go to the mattresses over it, which means that our spouse isn't caught in a trap, man. That's that's Galatians 5, 1, I believe, that when, when you come across somebody who's in sin, the Greek picture is that they are caught in a trap like an animal. you got to get them out of that thing. And if you don't discern the distinction between preference and sin, lots of acrimony. You know what? I think I might be talking about this tonight in Buford, South Carolina, <laughs> communitybiblechurch.us. I think I'll bring this up. I'll dedicate it to you, Jimmy. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you. We're going to talk about marriage. Now, and we're going to talk about the issues of love. <clears throat> Lo- love. There you go. There's my range right there. 877-282-2337. So real quick, since you don't like protein bars in the, in the wrappers and you don't like to hear that, can I assume that you'll no longer eat your apple pie protein bars in the microphone anymore in my ears? That's a different thing, Jimmy. Oh, it's a different thing. Yeah, here's, you want to know what makes it different? Why? I'm doing it. <laughs> I try to turn the mic off. You know what? And that's that is also the staggering thing and how me-centered we are. I eat a protein bar and I I don't know if I'm just buying a different type of protein bar. It doesn't make that sound. It's the crazy seriously. I I mean I think I hear it, but it's me. I'm I'm doing the noise. So I'm okay with it. I hear you doing it. Uh-huh. I eat fish. That just <laughs> drives me bonkers. We we are lovers of self, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We give ourselves a pass on virtually everything and anything, including that hideous crinkling sound from protein bar wrappers. <laughs> Idea at wretched.org. All right, this question is from Christian. Uh, Todd, is forcing my kids to attend church causing them to resent it? even though they've professed Christ and been baptized. You ask Mike Fabares, he'd say you bring them to church. They're underneath your household. They're underneath your authority. They live by your rules. Expose them to the word because that's your job assignment. I think there is another perspective on it that is worth considering, and that is how old is the kid? If, if the kid is young, they perhaps, perhaps haven't reached a level of accountability. I think you bring your kids to church. Kicking and screaming if necessary, but you bring them to church because you are to expose them to the word. And it is in the context of the local church where it is most powerfully delivered because that is the context of spiritual growth and the spiritual growth that is prescribed in Acts 2, 42 and 43. And But maybe 17 years old, yeah. If they if they don't want to go to church, you you maybe want to do a sit down as an option. Son, you're 17 years old. Most societies would say you're a man. Now you're underneath my authority, and my preference is for you to go to church because it's good for you, and it and it breaks your parents' heart that you don't want to go and be a part of family and be a part of the family of God. But guess what? You're accountable to God now. You are accountable to God. And your lack of participation indicates you are outside of fellowship. Because if you don't love the body, you don't love the Lord. You you don't love the church. You don't love Christ. I am terrified for you. You want to go to church with us? And you could decide that you leave it laying right on their conscience. They are responsible to the Lord. Now, if I could, so there's your two options. You sort it. But if I could... 
mom and dad, these days, there are so many parents who are just devastated because their kids, they hit 18, 19, they're moving out and they're not believers, they're transitioning and all of these issues. Please note, your adult child's decisions are your adult child's decisions. You are not responsible for them. This goes back to just being faithful. So you want to offer up your kids and how you parent them as an act of worship. Lord, I want to be faithful. I want to always lead them to the feet of Jesus, not have them bow down to me. I want them to submit to you, not just to me. So all of this is for you, Lord. And then they turn out to be a prodigal. You don't have to pistol whip yourself and think you've been a horrible parent. These decisions are now theirs. And if they're making bad ones, please, it can grieve you in that you would like better for your children, but don't feel like you were a rotten parent. That is putting yourself on a hook that, frankly, God has not put on the wall. 877-282-2337. I think a big problem um, along these lines is, and I've witnessed it a lot through my life, is parents who, for the sake of their comfort, they kick the kids down the aisle. You know what I mean? And and, and they want. You mean a church? Yeah. Yeah. They Basically, they're forcing them to say, you've got to get baptized. You got to get All saved. Right. So, sure. so I can have comfort in knowing that you're saved. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times those are false converts. Oh, it, it, look, Justin Peters was just in town. Have I mentioned that yet? And his book, Do Not Hinder Them. We had a conversation about that. In fact, I think he even mentioned this Sunday morning. Be slow to baptize your kids. It doesn't, don't hinder them. Encourage them. Keep teaching them. But you might want to be slow on the baptism. And he actually, get ready for that. Now, I'm just telling you what Justin said. He's thinking like 17 or 18. And his reasoning behind it was, as we are called to pick up our cross and follow Jesus Christ to deny ourselves, you got to know what you're denying. And that probably involves purity and all that goes with it, uh, puberty and everything that accompanies it. And then, the, okay, I'm giving that up and doing it in the confines that God has ordained. Whether it's 17, whether it's what, what that's up to you, mom and dad. Um, but be really thoughtful and err on the side of caution. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. And we kick things off today in California where climate alarmists seem determined to have it both ways when it comes to the record rainfall in the state. On the one hand, they celebrate the easing drought conditions after years of warning the region would turn to desert. But now there are reports that fret that all the new vegetation that has sprung up from all of the rain may fuel future wildfires once it dries months from now. Of course, rain brings plant growth, right? That's called nature. The solution is not being alarmed that nature does what nature does. And up north, the Canadian MP recently claimed parental rights don't exist. Only parental responsibilities that are dictated by government. 
Oh, we can see where this is going. In his view, children, not parents, should decide major medical procedures, even something as extreme as transitional surgery. Despite research showing most childhood confusion about gender identity resolves itself by adulthood, hey, that doesn't matter. That gets in the way of activists because they ignore data and insist minors have inalienable rights to make permanent, life-altering changes regardless of objections from mom and dad. But an agonizing saga pitting scientific debate against censorship finally ended this week with sobering implications for free speech. Mark Stein was fined $1 million in a defamation lawsuit over a 2012 blog post that criticized the methodology of a well-known climate researcher. Stein questioned the accuracy of the historical global temperature data used to support modern warming claims. I don't know what any of that means, but the offended researcher pursued litigation over a decade ago and ultimately has won the $1 million judgment. And that punitive verdict, it represents a warning shot against challenging institutional groupthink. It's a sad day and a little bit telling when scientists use courts rather than data to settle academic disputes. Well, in a cringeworthy television revelation, View co-host Sonny Hostin learned of slave owners in her family tree. Yet she still argued she deserves reparations as a Puerto Rican descendant, despite no record of her ancestors suffering direct discrimination. I tell you, when the oppression Olympics collide with ancestry records, cognitive dissonance ensues, doesn't it? And finally, an Ohio Children's Museum canceled a queer youth prom aimed at kids 12 to 18 after controversy erupted over flyers that featured performers with vulgar stage names. Organizers defended the event as offering teens an inclusive, safe space for self-expression. But parents balked at exposing minors to sexualized content because eh, there's nothing safe about that space. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is mercy. Those who possess this gift are able to show compassion and comfort the afflicted, people who are sick, dying, or bereaved. God cares about the things that afflict us and has provided comfort in troubled times. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Sin or preference? This is Wretched Radio, and I think that crossed the line from preference into sin. I'll be honest with you. Um, your thoughts can be sent to idea at wretched.org, or you can text them 877-282-2337. Go ahead, Jimmy. What's that? Just go ahead. Go ahead and what? Just go ahead and talk. <laughs> read, the, read, read whatever it is that you've prepared. <laughs> this next question. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. This is from God. Yeah, there it goes. This is from Kyle. Kyle wants to know, Todd, how can I provide biblical support and comfort to fire department colleagues and other affected others who have been affected by a tragic death of a child, mm. especially when they don't have a background in or faith? Oh, it's 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 pretty tough. But I would suggest a couple of options for you. Every scenario, I think we need to be pneumatic in that we are led by the spirit in these things. 
we use our senses, we consider the circumstances of what you visit the family who have just lost their three-year-old. What are, are they weeping? Are they sobbing? Are, do they appear to be coping, although they might be in a state of denial? You really do need to be sensitive to those things. So an option. Yeah, you want to keep your eye on evangelism, but I do believe we need to be pastoral in this regard. So it could just start out with simply being there. It kind of makes me cringe to say that because that has been like um, like a new way of helping somebody just be there. Well, yeah, it's been kind of with its application and it's the principle behind it because they want to avoid ever using the Bible or invoking God into the scenario. But sometimes it's just good to be there. Sometimes it's just good to help. Sometimes it's just good to bring food. Sometimes it's good to just love them, send them a card, bring them flowers, get engaged with their life. And most likely as you do that, you're going to have opportunities. You're, you're going to be able to share. You're going to be able to talk about these things. But if you ring the doorbell of somebody's house because you know they just tragically lost their three-year-old, I am from the fire department. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? Probably isn't being very human, frankly. Get involved. Spend some time. And, and, and you'll be, I think you'll be able to find a way to talk to them about the comfort that can be found in Jesus Christ for them, because that is the comfort that their three-year-old is currently experiencing in heaven, safely in the arms of Jesus. That might be your entrance. Um, could I just share something with you that I, I hope you'll find helpful? Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Christianity, but the Bible is really loud on the issue of three-year-olds dying and where they spend eternity. Great news. Your, your, your child is safely in the arms of the Savior. That's really great news. And you might have the opportunity then to keep going with that, depending on their reaction. They might just shut you down. That's okay. Don't leave. Just keep loving on them. And you will find continuing opportunities to perhaps follow up and say, you know, your child would want you to be in heaven too, but it's different for you because you're at a level where you have some accountability before the Lord. Can I explain to you God's prescription for receiving everlasting life? We, we have to go to the one who determines the afterlife, not make it up. We need to go to him. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? Be pastoral and send stuff to idea. Jimmy, you got anything to add to that? No, I think, um, like you said, just being there, you know, initially is is, is enough sometimes. And no, then, they call you up and say, hey, we're struggling here with this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And they want you as a Christian to bring them some anything, some clarity. By all means, I think our problem is, look, it's, it's right that we want these people to be saved. But come on, they just lost their child. Yeah. And it just might not be the time to do that. Now, you might have the gift of being able to pull that off. A Ray Comfort might be able to witness to them right on the spot just because of his gifting and his tone and his compassionate tenor every time that he talks. Um, but if you can't, don't feel like you're sinning because you're just being kind. That's okay, too. When we go in loaded for bear, ah, and then they, 
was thinking about the, thinking about the letter from John Newton written to a pastor who was going to criticize a pastor publicly. And, and, and he said that people, there's going to be different audiences that read. There's going to be a group. First of all, you're going to find advocates that believe, agree with you. You're going to find the opponent that agrees with you know, other somebody else or another view that you're expressing. But then there's kind of the, the group of uh, the theologically ill-informed. Uh, they don't really get what this theological debate is out, but they have a sniff test. I'm paraphrasing. They can smell an obnoxious, critical, pride-filled, pontificating pastor who thinks that the person about whom he's writing is just plain wrong. They can, they can get that. Pagans get that. And if we as Christians don't have a decorum that reflects compassion and humanity, I think they get that. So, yep, keep your eye on the gospel, but be pastoral. You got any other ideas? We'd love them. 877-282-2337. All right, this next question, I'm, I'm not sure. Did you email yourself? This is from Todd. Uh, to Todd. Uh, Todd, my no, ch- but I can pretty much guess how old he is. Like two <laughs> years, there was, there was a proliferation of Todd's. That's it. No more. <laughs> well, this Todd wants to ask you, Todd, about his church. He said, my church is uh, shifting from church membership to church partnership. Is this something that's a common thread? And what are the potential consequences for such a change? You got to ask to be sure. So all I can give you, Todd, is speculation. Uh, why would why would we change a name that is that we've always used? Now there could be a good side to it because too often these days people think of membership and it's like oh a health club, oh a country club, the Shriners, that's church. No, it's not. It's something radically different. So it could be a positive. Hey, this is a partnership. Now, um, I, I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to dive into that word because it is a body, but there's some implications to that that I think maybe we could find a better word if we don't like the term membership because a partnership means something of a quality and the reality is in the context of a local church, there is an authority and there is a submission party. It's the pastor who's in authority and the church submits to the elder as they are submitting to Christ. So a partnership, it kind of gives the impression it's all equal. So maybe we maybe a, a different word if you covenanting. Now how's about that? That's a biblical term. We covenant together. And that makes every Presbyterian happy because they love covenantalism. See, I am a peacemaker. So you gotta ask the pastor what's behind it. And you might discover, well, we don't want people to, you know, be put off by it. Well, we don't want people to think it's like too much of a commitment or they have to give $29.99 a month to maintain their membership. It might be, might be veering into the seeker-sensitive realm because we've seen that trend, haven't we? When we start to change words because we want to dull the sharp edges, uh uh-oh, we're being seeker-sensitive. I don't think I shared this. Maybe I did, but it's still worth repeating. Justin Peters. Jimmy, if I mentioned that he was just in town for briefly, yeah, was talking about for whom church exists. What, what, who are we doing church for on Sunday morning? Well, obviously, we're doing it unto the Lord, but his contention, which I give a hearty amen to, is for sheep, not for goats, for sheep. 
And then he asked a question. And 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 let, let, let me, I'll just ask it. You see what your answer is. Before you were saved, were you a sheep or a goat? You probably go, well, I was a goat because I wasn't a sheep. Nope, John 10. My sheep hear my voice. They follow me. Do you know what you were before you were a found sheep? You were just a lost sheep. It was, I got to tell you, I think it was the highlight of his sermon, that, 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 that you're just a lost sheep. And the Lord opened up your ears. He unstopped them so you could hear his voice and run to the good shepherd. You weren't a, Jesus doesn't turn goats into sheep. That's not what happens at regeneration. Yeah, you move from darkness to light, from death to life, but you don't become a sheep when you were formerly a goat. You were always a sheep. You just couldn't recognize your Savior's voice until one day he determined, this is the day you're going to recognize my voice. Just a lost sheep. Just, just a lost coin. And our Savior comes and finds us so that we can chase after the good shepherd who only leads us beside still waters into green pastures, bringing us in and out of the pen of safety, and then making sure with his staff of authority, he protects us against wolves. That's what you were, Christian. You weren't a goat, you were a sheep. That is why church should be done for the sheep. This is Wretched Radio. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. And I want to take just a moment to thank our gospel partners. Hey, you guys, because of your support and your generous hearts, you are the backbone of this ministry. Because of you, countless lives have been touched by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that you know that your partnership is more than just a contribution. The words of the writer of Hebrews, for God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name and having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. And so your generosity and your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Looking ahead, your continued partnership will help us to embark on new projects, which are aplenty in 2024, helping us to reach more souls and spread the gospel farther than we have ever done it before. So to all of our gospel partners, thank you. And if you're not yet already a gospel partner, would you go to wretched.org slash donate to get all of the answers to any questions you might possibly have. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. Are you ready to go on an adventure that tackles life's biggest questions head on? Well, we invite you to join John Fabares and Jake Ream on a riveting journey in Road Trip to Truth Season 4. This season, they're hitting the road to explore deep questions about sin atheism, racism, and the very nature of truth itself. Through candid conversations with university students and wisdom from experts, this season delivers some unwavering answers from a biblical perspective. Whether it's understanding the realities of heaven and hell, navigating the complexities of marriage, or uncovering the truths about money and forgiveness, Road Trip to Truth Season 4 will be your guide. It's perfect for youth groups, families, or anyone who seeks to defend their faith with confidence. Road Trip to Truth has been more than a series. It's a tool for sparking meaningful discussions and inspiring a commitment to the gospel. So if you're ready to head out on a road trip, buckle up for the truth. Road Trip Truth Season 4, available now at wretched.org slash 4. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and it said in, in American currency, how much does it cost 
to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month, so every single week. What what's the what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes. They get treats. They get materials that they learn the Bible. They memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Apostle of our Confession. An Apostle is one who is sent. Jesus is the one sent from the Father and empowered by the Holy Spirit to deliver the Gospel in which all Christians confess their belief. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Choices! You have choices. This is Wretched Radio. You can either or or both and. You can either visit wretched.org slash pastor to learn more about the Masters Academy International. These guys are crushing it. Seminary trained students at the Master Seminary return to their native land. And they get plugged into a Master's Academy International mini-seminary outlet where they teach indigenous pastors how to rightly divide the word of truth. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. These are indigenous people, training indigenous people. Not because Romans 9, we need to become all things to all people, but it is helpful if you understand context, if you understand the culture and history and the language. Uh, it, It makes a difference. And these indigenous pastors trained at the Master Seminary train indigenous pastors. Brilliant. So if you're a lover of the local church, encourage you to either visit wretched.org slash pastor or and both. You can send whatever you want to idea at wretched.org or text 877-282-2337. All right. This guy is from Jesse. Todd, what would be considered the dominant heresies or false teachers or false teachings threatening Christianity today, similar to how Gnosticism was addressed in first and second John? Wow. I'm sorry. We only have nine minutes. <laughs> uh, what are the major? I would. Oof, I'm, 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 I'm like having one of those ding, ding, ding in my brain right now. Happens a lot, but especially now I might say bibliology should be considered a low view of the Bible, and that, that pastors think that they can just use it as their springboard into life hack lectures on Sunday morning, that it isn't an authority over all of our lives, that it pertains everything for life and godliness, that it is sweet like honey. It's delectable to consume the Bible. So I would say probably one of the biggies is bibliology, because right now, with the exception of T.D. Jakes, who persists in his Sabellian heresy of being a modalist, that God only manifests himself one person at a time, well, one manifestation at a time, is what he would prefer. I don't see a lot of the big things coming. Oh, continuationism uh, uh, has... has, has, uh, 
has gone really off the rails. Not everybody, but so that that would be, I think, an issue. I, I don't see the classic heresies that were battled in the first five centuries, which, by the way, resurfaced in the 16th, 17th century with Socinianism, which is basically a gunny sack filled with every single one of the early church heresies, Christological, Soteriological, Trinitarian. I don't, I don't see those banging at the door of the church. I, I, I think bibliology is probably the big one. For instance, that manifests itself in the role of women in the church. I don't know how much clearer the Bible could have been. That office, that particular office, is for males. Women can serve in a myriad of ways. Yes, they can teach in the right context. It's super, super clear. I do not permit a woman to preach or have authority over men. How, how would you have written that to make it more clear? But when somebody thinks that the Bible is silly putty, it's gumby, it's malleable, I can make it say what I want. Well, the next thing you know, you're an Episcopalian. So, I'm Jimmy, I'm going to go with, I'll maybe rethink it, but I'm going with bibliology as the biggie today. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought about this. I, I, I don't know that it would even fall under a heresy, so to speak. Maybe it does, uh, but relativism is, is, is huge. Postmodernism yeah. is making its way in. Uh, yeah, that that you can believe whatever you want. We've seen those polls. I think even the Ligonier poll revealed that mm-hmm. that we're postmodern inside of Christendom. God isn't. <laughs> Hello, Israel. The Lord our God. The Lord is whatever you want. What about that first commandment? What about that second commandment? He's really clear that he's exclusive. I think Jesus said that, didn't he? Rather clearly. Mm-hmm. So postmodernism, relativism, it's not the classic heresies. It's the new assaults that just chip and chip and chip away. But don't you panic. He's going to build his church. And and incidentally, um, the skirmish that we've been seeing this last week and the confusion over the A-bomb, just a word of comfort. Don't you worry. The church has actually experienced greater explosions historically. And here we are. Doesn't mean we turn our back on it. Doesn't mean we don't engage and contend. That isn't my point. I'm just saying, uh, let's not be freaked out. Uh, Let's remember, Jesus has still got this. Idea at wretched.org. All right, this next question is from Anonymous. Uh, She wrote in and she said, Todd, I'm a high school senior girl and plan to enter college in the fall, the Christian college. I'll be in a dorm with a close friend. She's discussed her excitement for making new friends, and I feel like maybe our friendship could be put on the back burner because of that. Maybe not, uh, but I'm also not someone who specifically wants a large group of friends. I'm definitely not antisocial like meeting fellow believers, but I also want a small inner circle that I can grow and open up with. So do you have any advice on how I can make those kind of strong, godly relationships? Props. Seriously, what kind of 18-year-old thinks thoughts like this? I was just trip, uh, going to play the pinball game. And she's asking really smart, important questions. So props to you, young lady. A number of thoughts you apply 
as you see fit, your mileage may vary. Number one piece of advice. I know this isn't what you're asking, but I'll try to make it sound like it's at least in the ballpark. But this is, I think, the single most important thing a young Christian can do when they go to university, whether it's Christian or secular. Become a member of a local church. Don't don't let them fall off of the radar. You're going to find excellent friends there. People who are going to church are the type of friends you want. So make sure you join a local Bible teaching church. Join it. Even if you have to maintain joint membership because of dual residency. But that does segue into number two. You want to actually find real Christians. There are going to be a lot who are Christian in name only, and it will reveal itself within 30 days. You're going to know who the partiers are, their mouths. You're going to hear what they have to say. So take your time. Don't feel like I've got to find six really close Bible-believing friends within 12 days. Don't do that to yourself. Be selective. Keep your standards up. Keep your eyes open. Keep listening to what people are saying. And then when you ask them something like, hey, what would you say if we started like a Bible study in the dorm room? And they're like, uh, you know, I think I got soccer practice and I don't think that I, and they run away from you. Okay. Don't be offended. Most kids your age, sorry, most young adults your age, they're not going to be into what you're seeking. So you're going to have to be selective. And finally, I might just suggest this. I don't don't know what deal you cut with your future roommate, but you might want to renegotiate it if you vowed to be besties for every single event. And we're going to do all these things together. And, oh, we're just going to be best of friends. A roommate isn't a spouse. It's an economic issue. You got to share the bills so you put two or three or four people into a room. You can absolutely be good friends with your roommate, but you need to know they're going to go to one class, you go to another. They have soccer, you have football, whatever it is. You're just going to be divided. So if your expectation is that my roommate has to be tight the entire time, um, experience tells me probably not going to happen. Jimmy, you got anything else for this young lady? Yeah, I would say uh, that... um you know, I understand her her and her question. She says she doesn't want specifically a large group of friends. And th- there's nothing wrong inherently with having a lot of associations with people. There's levels. Right, right. And I would just say be very careful and patient about those that you do open up with. Yeah, um, and yeah, But don't be closed either. Right. Don't be like, well, I'm not going to talk to that. I'm not going to sit at that lunch table because there's six people there and I've I've already got eight friends and I don't need to. Don't do that. Right. Just go about being you and discern who is somebody that should be in your inner circle. Once again, a reminder, discernment happens in lots of contexts, doesn't it? 877-282-2337. All right. This is from Anonymous. Uh, Todd, how do we deal with family members who we rarely see? And who also have a vague sense of being Christian, uh, but are clearly unconverted. Mm-hmm. Can't just give them the gospel since they think they're Christians already. I attempted to use God's law in a real recent encounter with a family member and avoid treating them as unconverted, but it felt like a no-win scenario. Yeah, frame it, frame it differently. Hey, I want to share something with you. Tell me what you think about this. Was listening to this guy talk about how the law brings about the knowledge of sin and that there's a lot of people who never hear the law. They're never convicted of their sin. They never understand that the Savior died to redeem them. And they didn't understand repentance and faith that you must surrender 
and, and, and renounce your work righteousness to believe in Jesus Christ and inherit eternal life. What do you think about that? All kinds of ways that you can, hey, would you read this booklet and tell me what you think? Would you listen to the sermon? Tell me what you think about it. Make sure your goal, though, isn't just to get them converted. If your goal is to love them, it'll come out better. Besides, you can't get them converted. Only God can do that. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.